Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. Philippians chapter number one, we do find uh, the the mention in verse number one about this uh, uh, church at Philippi, and the Bible tells us a little bit about this, that Paul and Timothy are the servants of Jesus Christ. They're writing uh, to the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, and also included in their audience is what the Bible says is the bishops and the deacons. Now, uh, tonight is that I believe that's very important uh, concerning the fact that uh, this is the use of a word, the word deacon in our Bible, and it's uh, in particular a place to where uh, they are seen in uh, in connection to their role in a local church. Uh, this is one of the uh, few places in the scriptures outside of the qualifications and outside of the one passage when they were instituted in Acts chapter number six to where you find a church outside of um, that or those original passages where the Bible said that in that church there were three groups of people. Uh, there are three categories of people. There were the saints that made up the membership. There was the bishop of the church and then uh, there was deacons. The bishop, of course, is a Bible word uh, for the pastor of the church. And so that is very important for us tonight as we uh, come and as we are ordaining Brother Jeremy Demick to the office of a deacon uh, here at Beacon Baptist Church, and I want to make mention of this as well tonight that uh, this afternoon the uh, ordaining council has we met with Brother Jeremy. I asked him a list of questions. I didn't count how many questions, but uh, Brother Jeremy shook his head and Brother Lewis shook his head. Asked them a list of questions, and uh, when we were all said and done, Brother. Jeremy, uh, you can see it. You can see it after the service. Uh, they at the end of that questioning, I, I, I said, when after I excused you and, and and brought you out here and stayed in there with the men, I asked them if they were uh, satisfied uh, with the answer. They said with you with you in their presence that they were, and then they said after you after you had left that they were, and uh, so satisfied in fact that they signed your ordination certificate and uh, their name. James is on it right now. Amen. And uh, so we praise the Lord for that. But that being said, me and the ordaining council that uh, consisted of myself and Brother Louis Stankwitz, our uh, chairman of deacons and assistant pastor here, and then uh, Brother Louis Caldwell, who is our uh, our deacon that is coming off, an ordained man served in the role, and now Brother Jeremy is coming and serving in his stead as he is coming off. Brother Louis Stankwitz, Brother Louis Caldwell, and myself. Uh, made up the ordaining council and uh, still left a line because we want Brother Caldwell to be a part of it too when he's feeling better. And I know what he, I can hear his voice now. Preacher, if you're okay with 
said, I'm okay with it. Amen. Uh, but we have him aligned on there as well. And, uh, and uh, thank God for the ordained men in our church. But those, those men that sat on that council uh, did, uh, we, we, we questioned, uh, we asked uh, different questions, and we heard answers that we believed to be in line with biblical truth. And we heard answers that we believed were void of any heretical uh, or new age teaching. And we were all satisfied uh, that, that he was ready to be moved forward and ordained tonight as a deacon. Amen. And so we praise the Lord for that. The church has already voted uh, to ordain uh, Brother Jeremy as the church's next, uh, uh, next deacon. And so tonight we proceed with that ordination service by way of a Bible message on the office of a deacon and what the Bible says about the office that Brother Louis Stankwich now holds and that tonight before the service is over the, the office that you will hold as an official ordained deacon. And so tonight we come to this passage that mentions the church's connection. Uh, the pastor and the deacon and the, uh, the, the pastors and the deacons and the saints of God making up this New Testament church in the, uh, in the Philippi that uh, the Apostle Paul and Timothy are writing to. Uh, when we look at this passage of Scripture... Uh, we understand that uh, this book of Philippians is a book that deals with Christian experience. It is a book that Paul wrote to a local church body concerning their experience and their in their walk with God. And here the passage says that for a Christian in their Christian experience, in their walk with God, in their New Testament church, they ought to have a son, they ought to have a pastor in their life leading their church and that their church is to have men that uh, the Bible calls deacons that are to serve the church in this particular office. Amen. And so we see that uh, in this passage of Scripture. Paul and Timothy teach us in the very first verse of this letter to the church at Philippi that there is a God-given design for the local New Testament church and that in the design includes the office that Brother Jeremy uh, is being ordained into tonight. God's divine design for His church includes deacons and their work, and that work that the deacon will do, the Bible says, is vital to the success of any local New Testament church. The work that our deacons are doing in this church are, and are going to do are vitally important to the success of the work that God does here at Beacon Baptist Church and through this church. Amen. And so with that thought in mind and with this, uh, this passage in mind, I want to preach on the subject, the divine design of deacons. The divine design of deacons. That it is God's design. A divine design for the ministry of a New Testament church. Amen. So let me begin tonight by saying something about the reason for the deacon. The reason for the deacon. The Bible does say there in Philippians chapter 1, 
and verse number one, it talks about this church and the bishops and the deacons. So we realize that if God is going to include them in his plan, there has to be a reason for them. There has to be a role in which they play a purpose for them being a part of the design. The very fact that they are mentioned in God's pattern and God's design for the local church tells us that that office does not just exist for the sake of existing, but there is a role uh, that they enter into when they uh, come into uh, this office and are ordained to this office uh, by their pastor and by their church body. I'll say this this evening, that God does not simply give titles and roles to believers that serves no purpose. When God gives a title to someone in the scripture, it was because there was a purpose in mind. There was a role in mind. He does not expect for a church, just as he does not, he does not expect for a church to simply hand out titles uh, to people that have no reason or purpose behind them. The deacons of many of our Baptist churches have a title, but they do not serve in a biblical role. They have a title. They uh, It sounds fancy, but there is uh, no role uh, that they are playing in the ministry. That is not God's divine design for this office in the church. Amen. It is not God's will for us here at Beacon Baptist Church to have men that are simply called deacons just to say that we have them. I know many that uh, have that. Amen. But tonight we want to have men that are actively serving in the biblical role that God has that office designed for. God gives us in verse 1 the two offices of the New Testament church and the only two offices that are spoken of as the church as offices of the church of God's design and that is bishop or pastor and deacon of course. Uh, we do have areas in which different people serve in the church in different ways but the two heaven uh, anointed or excuse me heaven ordained uh, offices in every church is the office of pastor and deacon and so uh, we know what the pastor's role is in the church or at least I hope uh, you do by now amen my job as a pastor brother Caldwell's job as the pastor here for the 29 years that he served here as pastor uh, is to preach to pray to oversee the church to oversee the ministries of the church and uh, so on and so forth we know the pastor's um, role in the church but what is the deacon's role what is the reason for the deacon's ministry in the church why are they so important let me give you just a couple of things number one let me say this that the role of the deacon in the church is proclaimed in the new testament go with me to acts chapter number six and I've got a lot to preach, so I'm going to say a lot of these things quickly. And I've already preached a lot uh, out of Ch Acts chapter number 6 in the last year. And so I hope that being said, I don't have to deal uh, with, this, uh, with, with this very much. I hope that we can touch it and move on to the best of our ability. But, you know, I'll say this tonight. Wouldn't so I've already mentioned that the role of a deacon, the reason for them existing is proclaimed in the New Testament. Uh, as we read the scriptures, what, uh, does the, the, what does the Bible tell us? What does the New Testament proclaim is the role of the, the deacon? Uh, the, the, the first thing that the New Testament, the overall overreaching theme that the New Testament tells us about the role of a deacon is that a deacon is to be a blessing to people. 
You cannot serve as a pastor or a deacon and not have a love for people. Ministry is a people business. You can't, you can't be one. You can't be serving in a ministry of God and not care about people. I think all of us would agree that the pastor is to care about people. It's part of my qualifications as a pastor. I must be given to hospitality. Amen. I'm to give myself to being kind and loving and hospitable to people. If I'm a grouch and I'm so when people can't stand to be around, I'm not qualified to serve in the office that I'm in. And so there's a lot of, a lot of preachers I feel like are missing out in that area. Amen. They might can preach good, but they forget. And they might only have one wife, but some of them, I think, forget about the whole being given the hospitality thing. Amen. Uh, but anyway, that's another message for another day. The office of a deacon as well is to be a, is to be a role that is supposed to be a blessing to people. Look at Acts chapter number 6 verse 1. The Bible says, and in those days, <clears throat> in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians. <clears throat> against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected. They were left out in the daily uh, in the daily ministration. The daily uh, ministry, this has to do with distribution of food. This has to do uh, with meeting the needs of the physical needs of these widows. At this time, the, the apostles took that among, upon themselves to try to make sure that all of the widows in, uh, the, uh, in the church, uh, all of those that were saved and under their leadership they tried to take it all upon themselves and because of that uh, there was an issue there was some people that felt like they had been left out verse 2 the Bible said then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples these are the other followers of Jesus unto them and said it is not reason or reasonable or a good idea if I can put it that way it's not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables and by the way uh, I don't know if you know this or not, uh, but preachers, apostles, pastors, apostles here in the text, preachers and pastors today, we can't be in more than one place at once. I wish we could, but we cannot. You are either studying the Word of God and giving yourself to the ministry of the Word in prayer, or you are giving yourself to the daily uh, tasks of the ministry. You cannot do both at the same time. But how can you do both at the same time? They find the solution here in Acts chapter number 6. The solution is not that the pastor can somehow uh, duplicate himself, but that you can choose other qualified people to do the work of the daily ministry task while the pastor is being freed up uh, to do the other areas of ministry. That is what the, the decision they make. Verse number 3, the Bible says, Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among uh, you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. Verse 5, in the saying, please the whole multitude.
food. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them, and the word of God increased, and the number of the of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. That laying on of hands mentioned there in verse number 6, Brother Jeremy and others tonight, that is what we are doing. That is the physical sign of the ordination process, the laying on of hands. The men that make up your uh, your ordination committee will do that tonight. Myself, Brother Lewis Stankwich, Brother Lewis Caldwell, we will lay our hands upon you and on, on behalf of this congregation, having realized that uh, there are qualifications that have been met, there are the questions we've been answered, you've been examined, you've passed the test, and now as the pastor and the ordained men in this church, we will stand and represent the entire church body and lay our hands upon you and ordain you to this new uh, office that you are entering into. It is the same thing that happened here in the text. We've all, Brother Jeremy, I don't know if you thought about this or not, but you are really in the fourth step of the process to get here tonight. First thing had to be the nomination that we did. That happened here in this text. And then there was an election. And you had to get to the election with a certain number of votes to be able to do that. And then you, we had the examination this afternoon. And now the service and the ordination uh, tonight. And so you should count yourself as uh, there's a pretty good day for you. Amen. Uh, passing all those steps. And amen. I, I don't know if, uh, I don't know. You may not be elected to much, but you were elected by this congregation for this. And I believe that's something that's something worth mentioning tonight. Amen. And that's a blessing. Amen. Here we find that, uh, that these men were doing uh, four different things that they had been called upon to uh, do to be a blessing to the body of Christ. Here in this text, again, I'm just going to state this. We read, uh, we read the verses a minute ago. In Acts chapter 6, verse 1, uh, the Bible talks about uh, how the, uh, how the uh, body of Christ here was multiplying the number of the disciples. Verse 1 was multiplied. There was a growing congregation and a growing congregation with more people means what? It means more needs. Amen. The first thing the deacons were called upon to do, uh, proclaimed by the New Testament, their role was to meet the needs of a growing congregation. And I think we would all say, I, I want to be a part of a growing congregation. Not a dying congregation, a growing congregation. Amen. And as this church grows, the number of deacons we'll need uh, will grow. The number of the more servants we'll need will grow. Amen. And so tonight I'm telling you that the Bible says here in Acts chapter 6 verse 1 that they were called upon to meet the needs of a growing congregation. Amen. The Hellenistic German, or excuse me, Greek speaking Jews in the early church thought that the Hebrews were receiving favoritism. They thought that they were being neglected and that others were being uh, preferred by the apostles over them. Jealousy began to creep in in verse number 3. And the office of the deacon, listen to me now, the office of the deacon was brought about in this congregation not only to meet physical needs, but think about this. The office of the deacon is used in the New Testament church to bring peace, 
to bring love and to bring unity to a church in areas of potential problems. You want to talk about an office that is very important? This group of men was created to be a gift to the church to bring about peace, love, and unity and to make sure any potential problems are snuffed out before they become a problem. And not in addressing it head on and not by being brash and not by attacking an issue but by simply loving people and serving people to the point to where there can be no more issues with this one or that one or the other one. The deacons come in and they serve the needs of the church and they meet the needs of the church to where, it's, to where uh, those at least that would have legitimate needs and would have legitimate grievances are no longer having those grievances. They meet the needs of a growing congregation. Number two, the New Testament proclaims here in Acts 6 that they are to make sure that no one is being neglected in the ministry. We we talked about that. Acts 6 verse 1 says that the widows were uh, neglected. And so there are many times in the work of the ministry uh, as it grows where there's some people that are being ministered to that if it's all on the pastor or all on uh, just one or two people there will be some areas of ministry as the ministry grows that those people will fall through the cracks and they will be forgotten about and that uh, text won't be given or that visit may not happen or whatever the case may be that heart may not be sent out or that prayer uh, may not be had when it's in the most vital time where somebody needs it. So there may be people that fall through the cracks of the ministry, but God has given us the office of a deacon to where they won't fall through the cracks of being ministered to just because the pastor's the only one doing it. But instead of just me trying to minister to the needs of this congregation, to have two other men in a church our size surely will make sure that there are as few as possible that are being neglected in terms of ministry. Amen. And so I, I, I thank God for that. And we see that role in the New Testament. Number three, Acts 6 verse 2 through 4 tells us that not only were they not that kind of person. Amen. But I will say this, that they are here for those moments to where, and I've done this with Brother Lewis Danquich before, there's a hospital visit needs to be made and it was late on a Saturday night. I think it was Brother William went to the hospital and uh, had a seizure or something and had to go to the hospital. And I told Brother Lewis, I said, I am I'm in the middle of studying for tomorrow. God, and it was just one of those times where uh, God apparently wanted me to burn the midnight oil and gave me uh, the message he was leading me to uh, really late Saturday afternoon. And I told him, I said, God's feeding me me, and I'm afraid that if I if I if I uh, if I leave right now, I'll start when the when, when God's just pouring out the truth into my heart. That if I leave and come back, it may not be the same. And I told Brother Lewis, I said, if you, I said, if you don't mind, will you go and see what what William needs, and if there's anything we can do, and if there is a need that I need to be there for, you let me know, and I'll be on my way. And that, thank God that worked out. And that's what a deacon is supposed to be used for. Amen. Verse chapter, uh, chapter 6 and verse number 2, the verse says there, the apostle said, it is not reason that we should leave the Word of God and serve tables. Amen. And the verse number 4 says that their role was so that the, that the uh, preachers, the pastors, if you will, that these apostles represent, that they would be able to give themselves continually over and over again 
attention to prayer and the Word. Fourthly, not only is the role of a deacon... Uh, as proclaimed in the New Testament, one, according to Acts chapter 6, verse 1 through 7, uh, one that meets the needs of a growing congregation, one that makes sure that no one is being neglected in the ministry, one that frees up the pastor to focus on his primary role as the pastor, and that is feeding the flock of God with bread from heaven. Amen. But number four, and this is one that I think gets neglected a lot, but a deacon is given to satisfy the, a spiritually hungry congregation. Now you say, preacher, how is that possible? Because we have uh, in our church, and this is the way with Brother Lewis, same the way with Brother Jeremy, we have two different kinds of deacons in our church. You say, preacher, what does that mean? We have one that's called of God not only to be a deacon, but also to be a preacher. And we have one that, as far as I know right now, is not going to be preaching anytime soon. That does not have that calling as far as I know right now. At least I haven't heard up to this point. And so we might look at Brother Lewis Stankwich and say, well, it makes sense that he would be a help in feeding a spiritually hungry congregation, satisfying a spiritual hunger with the things of God. But I'll tell you this, just like Brother Lewis was a part of, Brother Lewis Caldwell's a part of, same way Brother Jeremy will be a part of, he's going to be involved in making sure this congregation has every spiritual hunger for the truth and for the Word of God satisfied because if he as a deacon is serving the way he's supposed to and he's freeing me up to pray for you and he's freeing me up to get in the Word of God and get heaven's message for our congregation he is just as involved in your spiritual food and what you're getting fed as I am. Amen. He's allowing it to be possible. And so we see that here in the Word of God. So we understand that the Bible tells us that the role of a deacon proclaimed in the New Testament is to be a blessing to people. Amen. And so we see that. Uh, that a ministry must have a pastor that is plugged into God's power through prayer and plugged into the Word of God in the study if the ministry is to grow if the ministry is to be what God would have for it to be, if a pastor uh, cannot study like he needs to, if he has to leave the Word of God too often to care for the areas of the church ministry personally, then the congregation and the sheep of God will go without the food they need. Amen. And if the pastor can't pray like he needs to, then there will be no power on the ministry, uh, on the man, amen, or on the message that he preaches. Amen. We've got to have prayer to have the power of God. Amen. And so we see this here. Look with me. At, hold your place there. We're going to go back and forth. But look with me at Philippians chapter number one. Philippians chapter number one again tonight where we began. I've mentioned to you in verse number one that this letter of Philippians written to the servants of Jesus Christ to, the, uh, to all saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. The message was not just to the uh, saints, but it was to a group of saints in that congregation that is identified as bishops and deacons.
And we've talked about how the deacon has a, a unique role, and I'll mention uh, some more about that in just a moment. But the deacon has a unique role in the church in their relationship with the pastor and how if they are, as I've already stated, their role is to be a blessing to people. One of the ways that they are a blessing to people is uh, that uh, they are going to uh, serve with their pastor. And together they'll be a blessing to the people of God. Here in Philippians chapter number 1, the Bible says, With the bishops and deacons, they are mentioned together. The Bible tells us that they are to serve with the pastor. Every snapshot of a deacon in the Bible is a deacon that is serving with the pastor. They are co-laborers to minister for the saints. There is no passage about deacons in the entirety of the canon of Scripture that mentions the deacon without them being in direct connection to the pastor. The deaconship and the pastorate are yoked up together in the divine design of God Almighty. They are meant to serve with the pastor. They are not to rule the pastor. Amen. I read just a minute ago, uh, Brother Jeremy, and I, one of the things you have is a book about, I gave it to all the deacons, there's a book about what the Bible says about the role of a deacon. And in that book, one of the things that it says, and whenever you come to it, you can cross it out because it's not true. And uh, most of the stuff in there is true, though, amen. Uh, you got to chew the meat and spit out the bones with just about any book that you read except for this one, amen. Uh, but one of the things that it says is it says that the deacons are not to... Uh, serve underneath the pastor and the pastorate. In other words, they, they, that the book says that the office of the pastor and the office of the deacon are equal positions of authority in the church, and that's not what the Bible teaches. But they do, but they do serve alongside of their pastor, and they are not to rule the pastor. The deacon has gotten a bad reputation in the day and hour which we live in of being pastoral police. That they tell the pastor what they can do and how they can do it, but that's not God's divine design. The the all the, all the, the deacons are not a church called governing body. They are not the ones that make decisions for the church. The pastor leads the church as he is led of the Holy Ghost. The deacons come along beside the pastor, serve with the pastor to fulfill how God is leading that pastor as the under-shepherd for the church. And the pastor and the deacon work together to lead the body of Christ. I in the area of leadership, they in an area of leadership, but primarily in an area of service, we work together to see the cause of Christ and the will of God. God accomplished within the body of Christ of this particular New Testament church. Amen. Brother Jeremy, you're not being ordained tonight to be the, to, uh, to be the deacon of any other church. Just this one. Your service belongs to, not saying that you don't have a relationship with other churches and you try to be a Christian everywhere you go and as much of a servant of Christ everywhere you go, but you have no authority even as a servant of the church to, to be in the role of a deacon anywhere else. 
It's not to be recognized against Street or, uh, or Gethsemane or Calvary or anywhere else. You will be a deacon after we ordain you tonight of this church. Your roles are in this church and to this church body and to, to, to work not with those pastors, but with this one. The pastor and the deacon need each other if they are going to be effective for the cause of Christ together. Pastor Bob Ferguson called the deacons the pastor's best allies in the Lord's service. And that's the way the deaconship ought to be. That if the pastor knows he has, uh, he, if there are any allies that he has within the church that he pastors, it ought to be the men that are to be serving as his deacons. Dr. W.A. Criswell, the longtime pastor of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas, used to say that the pastor and the deacons are like a pair of sisters. Neither blade is very effective without the other. But when they are together, Dr. Chris will say they can cut through any situation or circumstance. They serve to keep each other sharp. That's what that great man of God had to say about the relationship of a pastor and a deacon. Brother Louis Stankwich, I say this to you tonight as our chairman of deacons here at Beacon Baptist Church. My ministry would be as dull as a one-sided pair of scissors if it was not for your ministry and your assistance as a deacon of this church. Brother Jeremy Demick, as a candidate to the office of deacon tonight, my ministry will be as, will be as effective as a pair of scissors with only one side without your role that you're going to play. We've got to work together to see God's will done in this congregation for His honor and for His glory. The very word translated deacon is the Greek word diakonos. It literally means to run. It means to be an attendant. It means to be a waiter or it means to be a servant. It comes from a verb meaning to flee, to ensue, to follow after, to press towards. It almost carries with it that idea of pressing towards. This word almost sounds like it has almost like an idea of battle language about charging a battlefield. And can I say uh, to uh, Brother Jeremy, to Brother Lewis tonight that are our deacons, a pastor and a deacon, amen, the role together tells us that if the pastor and the deacon are going to serve as Christian soldiers, we must charge the battlefield in the good fight of faith together, amen. We have to run to serve. God together. We've got to run to serve the church together. We must run on behalf of each other and of the calling that God has placed upon our life onto the military battlefield of, of the good fight of faith together. Amen. It's something that is uh, the, uh, the role of a deacon is, is proclaimed in the New Testament. I'm not going to preach this tonight, but it is pictured in the Old Testament. Those of you taking notes, you can study uh, Exodus chapter number 18, verse 12 through 27. And the ministry of Moses and Jethro, his father-in-law, comes around and sees Moses under the heavy burden of the ministry, having those of all the nation of Israel come to him and bear their heart to him and, uh, <laughs> and come to him uh, for help and mediation in their needs. Jethro said that Moses was taking too much upon himself and that he was 
was to uh, do very similarly to what the deacons uh, were to do and the, to, uh, to the apostles were to do in the New Testament. He says that he was to choose out men that would stand on his behalf and do those things that was wearing Moses down so much. Not only is this a concept that is true in the New Testament, but it's even pictured, it's alluded to in the Old Testament in the ministry of Moses. In both the Old Testament and the New Testament, the deacons served to be a blessing to the people of their, uh, to the people of God, to their pastor, and they are to be a blessing by their service. The role of a deacon, the diakonoses of the New Testament, was not necessarily a glamorous role like many churches want it to be today. One writer said that uh, the equivalent of Acts chapter 6 in serving tables could be acts such as mowing grass, caring for the church building and facilities, emptying garbage, cleaning toilets, scraping gum off the floor around the seats of the church, caring for people in their homes, visiting the sick, checking on widows, some of those less than glamorous activities. These the, the, the word diakonos gave uh, in, the, in the Greek world would have been those to where you enter into a house and the men that would sit on the, that would sit on the floor with a basin of water in a world where everybody walked barefoot everywhere they went or simply with some kind of sandals where their feet would get dirty. The diakonos, the, the servants, the foot washers, the deacons, that I could put it that way, would be the ones with a basin of water that would wash everyone's feet when they came in the door. They are simply servants. Men that have a heart, that do not have a heart of service, will not do well in this role, and it will always give themselves to pride. And that's not God's divine design. We see the reason for the deacons real quickly. Let me so go back with me to Acts chapter 6 if you're not still there. Let me real quickly say something about the requirements of the deacon. Acts chapter number six. We read it just a minute ago. There is a there are there's a look at spiritual requirements. Acts six verse three. I'll just look at your Bible while I state these. A deacon is to be a man of honest report. They are not to be someone that has a less than godly testimony. Their testimony amongst others is to be godly. They are men that are to be uh, full of the Holy Ghost. They are to be uh, led by the Holy Ghost. And the working of God's Spirit is evident in their life. That's chapter 6, verse 3. They are to be men that are full of wisdom. People that are foolish and people that do not give themselves to biblical wisdom will not be done, will not fare well in the office of a deacon. That's chapter 6, verse 3. Uh, chapter 6, verse 5, and chapter 6, verse 8 says that they are to be men that are full of faith. That when it comes time to make a decision on behalf of the church as, as the pastor calls upon them and calls them to serve in a particular area, no matter if it looks like it's going to work out or not, there to be people that are full of faith. That God, we know God can handle it all. We're not to be individuals given to doubt. Pastor and deacon together, we're not to be given to doubt. We're to trust God. How can we ask a church to trust God when their pastor and the ones that serve in the office of a deacon will not be full of faith and trust God as well? There's the spiritual look at the requirements. Number two, the scriptural look at the requirements. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3, again, I ask you to, 
to go along with me as I as I mention some of these things and I walk down uh, this list. I ask you to walk uh, through this this passage with your eyes and make sure that what I'm preaching to you is what God says. Acts, or excuse me, First Timothy chapter three, verse number eight tells us that likewise must the deacons be grave. That means serious-minded. Not double-tongued. In other words, not speaking out of both sides of their mouth. Not hypocritical in their speech. Too many times there are groups of so-called deacons that uh, will, uh, they'll be one way and the deacons meeting with the pastor and they will be, they'll say one thing and uh, have one kind of attitude and then uh, behind uh, the scenes with the other deacon or with other uh, church members when the pastor's not around, they'll have a different group of thoughts and statements that they believe need to be made. But a, but a biblical deacon is not someone that is hypocritical, not someone that speaks out of both sides of their mouth not given to much wine. Now again, I don't have time tonight to deal with this qualification and the way that I would really like to. But in 1 Timothy chapter number 5 and verse number 23, there is a phrase uh, that is used. Here in our passage in 1 Timothy 3, the Bible said a deacon is not to be given to much wine. The opposite of much is little. In 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 23, there is a reference to what little wine is. Not to be given to much wine could just simply mean that this, uh, that this, uh, this uh, not just that this uh, deacon is not, he's allowed to drink just a little bit. But he's not to be given to much wine, little wine in 1 Timothy chapter 3, uh, where the Bible said that Timothy uh, was told, to, or there in Timothy he was told to use a little wine for his stomach's sake. And as often infirmities, little wine in the Bible is, a, is God prescribing medicine. We have alcohol in some of our medicines today, like NyQuil and others. The alcohol is still very medicinal. But it's in that day, before they had medicine, that was what they had. And he said, notice he didn't say drink a little wine. He said use a little wine. It was to be used for medicine. No, I'm just, again, I'm preaching a lot in a short amount of time. When he says here, not to be given to much wine, I believe that we can understand it in terms of that definition for little wine as being a prescribed of medicine. And I believe what he's saying is, is that a deacon is to be someone that has such self-control and and such uh, a temperament about them that they will not give themselves uh, to anything more than, <coughs> than what is needed as medicine. I believe that there's no sin in using NyQuil for a cold, but I will say uh, that I believe, amen, that we're allowed to take medicine, but no deacon has any right giving themselves to alcohol at all. 1 Timothy 4.12 says that the pastor is to be the example of the entire church body. And in the qualifications for a pastor, a pastor is said not to be given to alcohol at all. And so therefore, as goes the pastor, so should go the congregation. That would also include the deacon. They're not to be greedy of filthy lucre. They are not to be ungodly or wicked with their dealings with money. They're not in it for the money. 
They're not in it for what they can get out of it. They're in it to serve. They are to hold the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. They, that means that they are to know the truth of God's Word. They are to believe it wholeheartedly. And they are to live by it uh, as best as they can in such a way to where they keep a pure conscience. They're not uh, driven by, they're not, they're not bothered by guilt because of how wickedly they're living. Part of the deacon's qualification falls within the realm of their wife as well. Not only is there qualifications for them, but there's qualifications for their wife. Their wife is to be grave, serious-minded about the things of God. They're not to be a slander, not to be someone that defames or injures with their words. They're not to be someone that gives malicious reports or by their words try to hurt anybody. They're not to be, or they rather are to be, someone that is sober, someone that is calm and not a hothead and not quick to fly off the handle. They're to be faithful in all things. A deacon's wife is to be faithful to her husband, to be faithful to her church, to be faithful in her duties as a wife and mother, and in everything she does, she is to be an example of faithfulness. Part of Brother Jeremy's qualifications tonight also would fall in the realm of qualifications for Miss Valerie in those regards. A, a, deacon, a deacon is to be the husband of one wife. And the husband, yes, it does mean that he must be a male. There is no such thing as a deaconess according to the Bible. It's hard to be a husband of one wife if you can't be a husband in the first place. The deacon is to rule their children in their own house as well. By ruling means that they preside over, they maintain their house. They keep their house in line with rules. And their rules will demonstrate principles of righteousness. Ruling their uh, children in their own houses well. Not poorly, but they do it well. They are to be bold in the faith. Verse 13 says, for they that have used the office of a deacon, and that's what it is. It is using the office to be a servant to the church. Those that have used the office of a deacon will purchase or acquire to themselves by entering into that office a good degree, a standing in the world. People look at you as someone that uh, is, you, you know, used to say, you say there's a, there's a big difference when someone says, oh, I'm a member of so-and-so church when so or someone says, I'm, the, I'm a deacon at that church. There's a, there's a heightened level of responsibility there. There's a different regret a degree of honor and esteem. And so the Bible says that they are acquiring that for themselves when they uh, come uh, into uh, that office in them. Uh, in verse 13, uh, they also acquire to themselves, well, purchase to themselves a good degree and a great boldness, which is in the faith of Jesus Christ just by entering into this office and now being a deacon. There is a certain level of, of publicity that comes with that. It's more your walk with God is supposed to stand for God and your belief in Christ is more public than it was before to now say I'm a deacon. So we see the, we see the reason for this office. We see the requirements of this office. Lastly, go to Acts chapter number 6 and I'll state this and I'll be done. Acts chapter number 6, we see the results from the deacon. Acts chapter number 6 Verse number 7, the Bible tells us the results of the deacon. The Bible says this, this is after the ordination, after the laying on of hands, verse 6. Verse 7 says, and the word of God increased. And the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient 
to the faith. What were the results of having deacons that weren't church bosses and weren't trying to take the, uh, take the preeminence, not trying to get themselves any kind of uh, upper echelon, uh, of, uh, upper crust of society uh, to look on them with favor, that's not trying to get what they can get out of having a title or a position, but they are in it to serve and they do it God's way and they do it per the Bible. What is the result in a church when that happens. The Bible says that the Word of God increases. That the Word of God will spread and the truth of the gospel will go forward if the pastor has more time to study and to preach at the church. Uh, also, amen, uh, by being ministered to would give him to also more time to witness, more people being ministered to. Uh, and with the, the pastor and the deacon working together, the Word of God's getting out. Amen. People are being helped and those people are able to help others themselves. The Word of God is increasing and spreading. More are being saved. The Bible said the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. More sinners that are bound. The Bible says here, more sinners bound by dead religion got saved. The Bible says a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Those that once were serving in dead religion that didn't have any, they were serving in ministerial roles, but not in truth. The Bible said it was because of the office of a deacon, that because of what they institute here, that the Word of God's going forth. And when the Word of God is spread, sinners are being saved, even brought out of dead religion to serve the living and true God. What a blessing tonight it would be to be able to have those things take place right here at Beacon Baptist Church. Just because we have individuals, Brother Jeremy, just like you, that will say, I'm not interested in doing it man's way or what I've heard a deacon is. But I want to do what God wants. I want to do what God's Word says. I want to be that kind of a deacon. And by you becoming a servant to this church, not only will you free up your pastor to preach the Word of God in power and with all of the authority of the Scriptures, and no doubt that will work on this congregation. I'm telling you, when you have a preacher that gets up in the pulpit and preaches in the power of God and with the fire of heaven in his soul, it will stir up the congregation. It'll get the congregation to want to get busy about the Lord's work, and the Word of God will get out just because there's some people that said, if God, if, if I'm going to be a deacon, I'm going to do it God's way. And I think we can say that about being a Christian as well. But tonight I say this, Brother Jeremy, your ordination and faithful execution of the office of a deacon can produce these results in our church. Brother Lewis, your ministry as a deacon can do this for our church if We'll let it. So tonight I want to have, I don't know where my bride got to, but I want to have some uh, one of our musicians come, and uh, hopefully she can make it from the back room in time. I want to have, have our musicians come. If you need to utilize the altar, you're welcome to do that. Um, but tonight I, I'd like for all of the, the men that were on the, ordinate, the ordinate, ordaining council to come and sit on the front row over here on my right. Brother Jeremy, I want you to come, and you can, I, I don't know, I don't know how any other preachers have done this, but if you want to bring your family along, you can bring your family and come on the altar together. 
And what I want us to do is do what Acts chapter number 6 said that the early church did. And that is we have a man that we have examined and believe fits these qualifications. We have a man that we're excited to be able to join in the office of a deacon to serve this congregation with a full heart and ready to just be a blessing to the people of God and to his pastor, to this ministry. What I want us to do, men, I'll begin. I'll tell you what, Brother Lewis, why don't you begin? I'll end. Lewis Stankwitz, Lewis Caldwell, and then myself. I want us to, first of all, I want us to go to Brother Jeremy. If you have a word of encouragement you'd like to offer him, you can do that. And then we'll each share that and then have an individual word of prayer over him and over his family. Brother Lewis, you'll begin with us tonight. Honey, you play. This is happening on this side of the church. If there's anything you need to pray about, if there's anybody that wants to give their heart to Jesus, somebody that has some other kind of a need, you come on this side, use this altar, pray, let the Lord search your heart and touch you and minister to you in a special way. have a seat for just a moment everybody but brother Jeremy okay amen now that we've sweated on him and cried on him and all of that now he's we've got a few gifts for you and uh, I hope that these will be a blessing to you in your life and I hope these will just be something that you look at and remember what God did tonight, and I hope it'll be a very special memory. But the church, church, the, uh, the I had some things done. I try to do certain things for all of our deacons. Uh, one thing, of course, we do is we uh, give them an ordination certificate, and I try to get it on a nice plaque and present that to where. And I, I saw it the other day visiting with Brother Lewis. He's got his in his office, and it looks great. And I just hope it's something that wherever you put it, it'll be something and where God really, really bless is your heart every time you see it. And not only are we going to give him a plaque, I mentioned in the message I have a book on being a deacon, and I hope that is a blessing to you as well. I gave it to the other men, and uh, I don't know if they've read it or not, but it's available to them. And uh, so it's it's a good book. You've got to chew the meat and spit out the bones, but it's a good book, and I hope it'll be a help to you as well. Just some practical thoughts about the office. And then we always want to give our new deacons a copy of the Word of God uh, that is special. Uh, Special to the time and uh, honoring of this particular time. And me personally, I always try to give our deacons a study Bible, if at all possible. And uh, there's a lot of different Bibles out there to choose from, but someone entering into the office of a deacon to serve a church, I think any study material you can get is always a great blessing. Brother Lewis has got one, and he says it's been a blessing to him. And uh, so we've got a Bible for you, and uh, I hope I hope those things together are a great blessing. Just to let you know that we as a church are so thankful for what you're going to do as a servant of our church, what you've been willing to do, what you've committed to do, and just on behalf of the entire church, it's our way of giving back for what you are going to do 
before you do it. It's our way of saying thank you and that we hope tonight is just everything that you and your family would want it to be. So at the time, at this time, I'm going to present those things to Brother Jeremy. Uh, first of all uh, is his certificate of ordination. And I didn't mention this last time, but, uh, um, but uh, when I need certificates made, I always send Miss Wanda a text message, and she does such a great job with these. A certificate of ordination for Brother Jeremy Demick, having been chosen as one of good report, full of the spirit and of wisdom, and capable of using the office well, was set apart publicly to the office, of the office and work of deacon by Beacon Baptist Church, and it gives our address on the 27th day of February 2022, and then it has the list of your pastor, Brother Lewis, the chairman of the deacons, and Brother Lewis Caldwell on the ordination committee. And then these two lines are for uh, for uh, Brother Caldwell to sign. And then also, and I've mentioned this to you, I did have planned uh, to have uh, Brother Oliver Areza, who is a dear preacher friend to this family. He was going to come in and preach for us today, uh, or preach for us on the 13th, and uh, be a part of the uh, ordination. But because of us having to move it due to the surgery. He wasn't able to be here, but with his permission and uh, with the permission of the, the, the board of uh, or the, the ordaining council, we also have a line for him that when the Lord lets him come and be uh, part of a service here, he can sign it as well, okay? And so that is yours, and a beautiful, beautiful plaque, and so thankful for that. And so that is official now, official ordination certificate, amen? And uh, so, and then here is the book. Uh, it's called Now That You're a Deacon. And uh, you can read that as the Lord leads you to. And then I got a, a King James study Bible, full color, uh, beautiful, genuine leather Bible. And uh, so uh, I hope it'll be a blessing to you. And uh, it's got your name on it. And uh, so I hope you can use it for God's honor and glory in your hopefully many years of service here at Beacon Baptist Church. We love you, Brother Jeremy. Thank God for you. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, let's stand tonight. Let's have a word of prayer. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com. Oh, hey.